Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Michael and I'm super excited to be back with you. We're jumping into a new series called Rethinking Church. And we're going to be spending the majority of the summer looking at the book of 1st Thessalonians, along with 2nd Thessalonians as well. And today on our podcast, we've got a very special guest by the name of Jonathan Coker. So my name is Jonathan Coker. I'm a teacher at Chisholm Trail Academy. Uh, full disclosure, I was your teacher for a very small period yes. of time. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, it was great. I remember wow. stressing you out. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I stressed out about a lot of things. It's all right. Um, so uh, I help out a little bit here at Elevate. Um, I have a little bit of a background in theology. Mm-hmm. I am Andrews, just like Michael. Um, but yeah, I spend most of my time with high school students. So I, I don't know if I'll have anything cogent to, to bring to the conversation, but I'll, I'll sit here with you guys. <laughs> I think you will. I'm really excited. And today's episode also comes with a little bit of sadness. One of our very own, Taylor Weaver, who's been the voice and host of Elevate Retake for the good portion of a year, is uh, going to be stepping back from her roles and duties, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about that. Wait, should I say something? Absolutely. Yes, this is going to be my last retake. Um, and I'm sad, but I'm hoping that, you know, God has his plans. So, what are you doing in the meantime? There's a reason that this is the last episode. Yes, in the meantime, I actually have an internship. Um, I guess I can say where Texas Health Hospital Mansfield. And yeah, I'm really excited for what I'm going to be learning there. And basically, I thought about this the other day, but I'm really excited to see how I can spread Jesus there and how I can, I don't know. I've even thought about like, oh, what if the intern starts like worships on Mondays? And, you know, anyways, I've already like thought about like, oh, like a little devotional with my team. So I'm really excited. We're super sad to see Taylor go, but also very, very excited for what God has in store for her during her internship this summer and uh, as she finishes school coming in the fall. Today on our podcast, Taylor and I sat down with Jonathan to discuss one verse from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 1. And we dove into the essence and essentialness of Scripture and how important it is for us to live in community. Alrighty. Well, this was a cool message. And as we were kind of talking about before we turned on record, how since we were only in one verse, it was like, oh, wow, like it seems limited, but at the same time, it's not. There's a lot to go through in this one verse. So the idea behind this was what is your church's address? That was our engage question. And we were in the book of First Thessalonians and just the very first verse. Mm-hmm. So that was like, also, I'd just like to, this is, this is on the record now, but um, I definitely said, what was it? Um, oh, see, now my Bible says Thessalonians. My first version said, like, I said it Thessalonica. And I was oh. like. Oh my goodness. And then I listened to your sermon and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> so just like to put that out there. I definitely oh, said that, that in your wrong. intro for Yes. Oh. <laughs> I definitely freaked. So and if hopefully you've already listened to the sermon and you will hear that I pronounced that wrong. So, anyways, that's a cool fact. Um, so what stood out to me initially, and I guess I shouldn't say initially because this was like well into your sermon, but it was whenever you were talking about um 
our physical address isn't always enough. And then you Mm. said something along the lines of sticking people in a room and they might not get along. And all of a sudden, like wheels started to turn in my head. And I was like, I never even thought about that. That like in church, it's the way that I've always viewed it. I always put like um, my personal beliefs, my political beliefs, everything aside. Because whenever you come into church, it's like, oh, like this is purely here so we can praise God, so we can worship together. Yeah. And whenever you kind of brought up that point, I was just like, whoa, I never... I never really appreciated that. And Mm. it gave me a minute to be like, wow, that's so awesome. Yeah. Anyways. And hopefully that that works out because I, you know, even looking at our own congregation, um, just because we're in the same physical space doesn't mean we're maybe necessarily in the same spiritual space. Yes. That's also true. Yeah. But it's cool to know that like you can come to church and, you don't have to talk about all the worldly things. You yeah. don't have, you know, you can just be there and just be like, okay, God, like it's your turn. I don't want to hear anything else in my head because often I'll come to church and I'll be like thinking about my to-do list. And I'm like, whoa, I can't do that. So that was, that was what stuck out to me initially. And now I'll like hand it over to maybe what stuck out to you initially, Mr. Coker. Uh, well, First of all, please stop calling me Mr. Cooper. I'm sorry. Oh, my word. <laughs> that's my, that's what that's I go right. to. Um, <laughs> you're my teacher. This this just reminds me, I guess, okay, so like I teach uh, a religion class at CTA. And uh, when we cover basic hermeneutics, I like to use the book of Philemon. Hmm. And all of Paul's letters, mm-hmm. so like as, as I'm reading the beginning of this, it's just making me think of the uh, the way Paul likes to open up all of his letters and that aside from what it is that is going to be the point the reason that he's writing this particular letter he's um he's spending time outlining what it looks like to be a part of a community of mm. uh, uh of god and where where he says uh uh here in the second verse where he's like uh we we always give uh thanks to god for for you and continually mention you in our prayers um i don't i don't think that we uh that that should be the norm for mm-hmm. people that are mm-hmm. uh, a part of a, a, a body of Christ. That where, wherever you're supposed to be able to see unity, you're supposed to be able to see this happening. So what does it look like to be part of the community of God? What Can you even picture in your mind what that looks like? For me, I think it's a group of people who love each other wholly and completely, where needs are completely met. But it's going to look different anywhere you go in this world because we're all different people. What does it look like for us to be a part of that community that we are in the midst of a group of believers who's following after God? So what was your what was your whole idea by starting this uh, sermon series? I just like I'm thinking of that. I'm like, huh, yeah, this is a very different. When yeah. was the last time? When was the last time you heard a sermon series on Thessalonians? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, part of it, uh, the the cool thing about Thessalonians, and we'll dive into it in the coming episodes and weeks, is that every single chapter finishes with the second coming of Jesus, mm. and it centers around the advent of Christ and what the community of believers is doing in anticipation of that event. And often within the Seventh-day Adventist context, Mm -hmm. Seventh-day Adventists, we are ones who look forward to Jesus' second coming. 
And often we can get like, oh, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Uh, or every single little bit of new government control that comes out is like, that's the mark of the beast. And we kind of get in some ways off on onto tangents. Paul in the books of First and Second Thessalonians centers the body of believers on what their practices and their disciplines are in the midst of anticipating the second coming of Jesus. And as I was praying about what we're going to be doing this summer and thinking about our community, I felt that it's important for us to center ourselves on, on that. Like what, what are we doing with our time in our community? And there's so much as we've, as we've already talked about how Paul emphasizes community and the looking out for those uh, around him. And I think it speaks to what we're trying to accomplish in the church. And that's part of why I wanted to call it rethinking church because we've mm-hmm. we've gone on for so long and uh, you know a lot of us are just going through the motions of this mm-hmm. thing comes up every week and we go and that's cool but let's step back for a moment and think about what the assembly looks like what does the community look like mm-hmm. and how do we practice our faith and community in light of Jesus' return? I like that and how. In coming to church, yeah, it can be a blessing for us, but also looking to how we can be a blessing for others, I think is like the Mm -hmm. cool part of, I mean, that is community. But it just like, it reminded me as you're saying that um, and going through training that I had to do for the hospital, one of the biggest things is like, if you're in a radius of, I don't know, like it gave like a certain amount of feet or something, Mm -hmm. but like you should speak to the person that you're passing, whether they're sitting, whether they're passing you standing, whether you're like, have a greeting, have a smile to share. Like that's the culture they want to build. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about that whenever it comes to church, how many people I pass in church and I keep my head down Mm -hmm. instead of like turning my head and saying hello or happy Sabbath, just like something simple or sharing a smile that that can lead them to do the same, to do the same and like just a chain reaction. And that is what community is and building that like loving culture is, that's a really cool but yeah, that just like totally came to me. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I need to be practicing it more is the hard part. Yeah. I think that's part of the the goal of what I, li- I like that the the what your the hospital is trained that's building into the culture of like there's a certain level of like if you're by somebody, you need to engage mm-hmm. them. And I think part of what we try to do with Elevate, the community that we call here is try to try to foster that. And I think we're, um, becoming more and more intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Not as good as, you know, we p- perhaps could be, but better than we once were. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's like, I loved that it was part of training, but at the same time, I was like, man, I feel like this should just be known. You know, yeah. like you shouldn't have to tell me to speak to somebody that's near me. Yeah, you shouldn't have to true. tell me to be kind to others. I should just, you know, yeah. that should just be part of what it means. Yeah, it's kind of like telling someone, that are part of our culture is to to trust someone or, or you mm-hmm. know, we need, but you, you can't command that. No, you can't tell someone to, it, it can only be built through relationship, through mm-hmm. an environment that gives people the opportunity to like, like trust is built in droplets and it's yes. lost in buckets and there's no way around that formula. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you just have to build a, an environment where the likelihood of you being able to build that trust up uh, uh, is accessible mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Let them bump into one another. That point that Jonathan just made resonated with me even to now as I'm recording this a couple days after our original conversation. Did you catch it? Trust is built in droplets and lost 
and buckets. It can take so much for us to drip trust into each other's lives and we can lose it so quickly through a difficult situation. What does it look like for us to build that trust? That daily consistency that drips trust into each other's buckets, one drop at a time. I like that we're going through the book of Thessalonians. I like that we're going through verse by verse. I think it's important for us to be able to do that and mm-hmm. to pull, pull it apart and break it down because we we get so used to looking at particular verses. Um, this is not an Adventist. This is this is anybody that reads the Bible. We mm-hmm. we 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 like to lock in what it is and then never go back and touch mm-hmm. or, yes. or move mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. And that's so dangerous because then mm-hmm. uh, the Bible is this living, breathing document that has more to give us every time we go back to it, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think of verses like in Matthew, uh, what is it, Matthew 18, where it's like, you know, where two or three are gathered. Mm-hmm. We like to we like to talk about how where there are two or three gathered, you know, we know that the, uh, but if you go back to the passage, you know, mm-hmm. the context is, you know, if, you, if you're having a problem with a friend, what do you do? You go and tell the friend. And then yeah. if the friend doesn't listen to you, what do you do? You go and get another friend to go with you and then you build it in testimony. The, the promise at the end of all that is mm-hmm. like, if there are two or three people with you, you've been following that model that I gave you. So yeah. it's not where two or three people are, you can know the Holy Spirit is there. This is, yeah. this is a part of a promise of like, if you're in the midst of a trouble with your friend mm-hmm. and you've been following through these footsteps, then you 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 can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the God is right there in the middle of this tense and awkward situation with you, which mm-hmm. is a much more beautiful promise than like, yes. oh, there's three people in the church. Then no, the I guess Spirit the is Lord here. is with it. I, the Lord <laughs> is with me when I'm by myself in my room. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I yeah. think it's important for us to go step by step, verse by verse, and pull apart and poke through. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. Philippians and you know. Uh, th- there's so many, well, uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> there's so many verses that just sort of get stuck and we'll mm-hmm. never ever go yeah. back to them and look at them mm-hmm. again. And I'm, I'm anxious for what's going to happen going through the entire book and we get to look at our blessing again. That's yes. what I'm yes. excited yeah, about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I am excited about that. Yeah. I definitely like Philippians. I said, ugh, because like, <laughs> that sounded super bad because I had to memorize the entire book in high school. So that's what I was like. Me too. I, yeah, I know that. But at the same time, it is, it's memorized. And do I remember it anymore? Probably not. But if I read them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's familiar. And I keep going. Mm -hmm. So that is something that stuck out to me about this sermon was that we literally, whenever I heard you say in the beginning, like, we're going to stay in this first, I was like, what? Like, (laughs) how how are you going to be able to preach a sermon, like, solely on this verse? But it is important because I find myself, whenever I read the Bible, I find myself like, okay, I'm going to read I've, I've kind of taught myself, okay, don't aim for like five or six chapters, like do one chapter and like really soak, soak it up. But then I find myself like, okay, I've got like 10 minutes. Okay. One chapter. And I just mm-hmm. read through it and I'm like, oh, that was great. And I liked this, but I didn't focus or like zoom in on yeah. anything in one particular verse. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is a really great opportunity. Well, that's something that uh, Andrea said in uh, a previous episode yes, in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to it. Yes. Um, and she she mentioned that she no longer tells people to just spend five minutes in the Word. It's so yeah. good. Because the, the, I was listening to um, Tim Mackey and John Collins from The Bible Project earlier today in their mm-hmm. mo- most recent episode, uh, The Bible Project uh, podcast. And Tim Mackey was making the point that the Bible is meant to be studied. Yeah. You're meant to continually. Over and over read. and over yes. again. You don't get these patterns. You don't pick up on these big picture views yeah. if you read through it once, even no. if you memorize it, which the, 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 uh, 
What's wrong with me? Uh, the Pharisees did. <laughs> Sorry, I almost said the Philistines. is like, that's not the right one. Um, but just because you've memorized it does not mean that you're taking it to heart. No. And so often we come to the biblical passage with baggage. Mm-hmm. Like we come with our own. So within the Bible Project podcast, they were mentioning coming to Genesis 1 through 3 mm-hmm. with a creationist or an evolutionist perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you yeah. read into the original Hebrew text your preconceived idea of what it's saying. Mm-hmm. But they were taking the time to slow down and say, what is what is the actual text say? Mm-hmm. Can I set aside my, my, my previous knowledge and what's been ingrained inside of me for yeah. the past however many years that I've been studying scripture mm-hmm. and being a part of a religion or a denomination to set that aside mm-hmm. and come to the text with fresh eyes? And I think that was impetus um, for me in reading this as I've kind of been looking over Thessalonians. I was like, we've got to spend some time just with that one verse. Yes. Because there's mm-hmm. rich theology in that one verse and it. We have to understand that in order to catch the the rest of what Thessalonians says. And it breaks mm-hmm. the mold of, okay, we're going to be doing a series on first and second Thessalonians. It will be eight weeks long and we'll do one chapter per week. It's like, wow. no, hold on. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to lean in here a little bit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you don't, there's no way that you can ever know that what it is. Oh, I'm not close enough to the mic. <laughs> Shane is going to be mad at me. Um, and if you don't do that, there's no way that you can know that whatever it is that you are espousing as your belief or whatever yeah. you're, you're holding mm-hmm. as your belief is true. Because if you're not willing to reexamine and move it, then mm-hmm. th- then you can't be. Uh, you're saying like, yes, I believe this, but like, have you actually looked into it? Yeah, the the. Mm-hmm giving room for the possibility that you could be wrong or that mm-hmm. they, uh, th- yes, that without that, there's no way that you can know that where you're standing is true. Yep. So, yeah. so Ellen White, um, did not take to the Sabbath right away. No. It, was, it was not her. <laughs> she was, she wasn't on board. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like Bates comes to her with like this thing and she's like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that all Christianity could have gotten this wrong. It was, mm-hmm. it took a while. And so I think that's important for us to be, to be open-minded enough. If you can show me with great evidence and with uh, with truth from from Scripture over time, in a, in a way that uh, is uh, in harmony with the with the whole story of the Bible, that mm-hmm. something I think is wrong, then then I want to know that I want to see that. Yes, because that's what the Bible is supposed to be doing. If you're reading the Bible and mm-hmm. it's not changing your beliefs, you're not reading the Bible. I don't know what you're doing. Oh wow! Yeah. But yeah. It, it never really thought of it that way. <laughs> so what a waste of time. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I read and it's almost like a checklist. Like you read it, you're like, "Yep, check." Like that's what I thought, mm-hmm. and you just like keep going, and I don't question it. I'm like, mm-hmm. "We we want to go to the scriptures and let it uh, reinforce what we already yes. believe, instead of going to the scriptures yeah. and let it inform what we should believe." And that's mm-hmm. those are they they sound similar, different. but they are very Mm-mm. very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I know we talked about it a couple minutes ago, but I've actually struggled um, since the podcast with Pastor Andrea. Like I've been Mm -hmm. kicking myself like, all right, like I have five minutes and then I'm like, I really need (laughs) to be spending more. I remember what she said and I feel like I'm just like shortchanging myself because I need to spend that time with God, but. Yeah. Well, um, but I don't think that five minutes is bad. I So I equate what she said with like uh, what it it must be like to, uh, let's say, there's got to be a better way to say uh, <laughs> to maintenance uh, a deep relationship with another person. Mm-hmm. A five minute conversation is not a bad thing. Yeah, but yeah. if your it's whole rela- if your whole relationship with your let's say significant other is five minute yeah. conversations, yeah. it's not gonna last. No, yeah. 
So you're you're going to need some moments in there where mm-hmm. you're it's just the two of you talking for a long period of time where there's no timer. There's mm-hmm. no timer. You don't you don't sit down with your significant other and you're like, okay, I'm giving you 20 minutes. And when yeah. the, you know, like that's not yeah, how that yeah. works. I only that's have so 10 true. minutes before I leave to work. Let's, right. What that's are we talking exactly. about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, why should yeah. it be any different? Why mm-hmm. why why do we think that our relationship with God would be any different than our yeah. relationship with other people? And the more I try to push those two Venn diagrams together, the more mm-hmm. it just makes sense. So it's like I want to get lost in the work. I want to mm-hmm. spend time. I want to wonder and ponder and not have a mm-hmm. a clock set. And I want to. I just yeah. want to be enjoying my time with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. What I've actually found, we're, I might be like going off, but I like want to say this, but I've actually found recently that's been frustrating me the most about my time with God is that even if I have like, say like 10 minutes before work, except for it's more like, okay, I've got like 40 minutes and I want to spend my devotional. I don't like that it's like a set time, but sometimes it is what it is. But sometimes I get so caught up in everything that is happening around me that I can't like my mental state. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, I'm not with you right now. I might be reading these words, but am I actually taking them in? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm thinking about where mm-hmm. I'm going next, what I'm doing today, and that's right. frustrating. And like, no, some some days it like gets better, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm not doing this. But then other days, it's like I'll just pray and pray. Like, I can't, I can't focus on you right now until I get the rest of this off my mind, and it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's I've definitely been struggling with that lately yeah anyways i just had to say that i think we i think we underestimate um i'm careful how i say this as well because i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want it to come across that there's anything we don't have a lot to bring to the table uh, (laughs) (laughs) compared to who god is like we we, Mm -hmm. we, but i think we underestimate the the time and intentionality it takes to enter into his presence yes Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks a lot about an accessible God, someone mm-hmm. who's walking with us and continually with us. But to as as we're kind of honing in on this idea of quality time spent with God, mm-hmm. it takes time to be able to come into that space. I think mm-hmm. of Moses in the burning bush. God says, take off your shoes in order to come closer to me. Yes. And so principle behind that, there's something I've got to do in order to come into closer relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about re- my relationship with my wife, Melissa. There are times where she sees right through everything, every pretense or whatever. And she's like, you're not here right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, let's set that aside. Put your phone away. Worry about whatever else. Like this mm-hmm. is, you know, and it and it takes time to ease into another's presence. I can't just come home and like plop down next to her and be like, yeah. okay, I'm here. <laughs> no. It's like, no, it takes, it takes time to, yeah. to it takes that. effort. I, yeah. I think we've done a, a terrible job of like selling, selling a relationship with Jesus to be this very simple, small and easy mm-hmm. thing. There's no relationship you'll ever have that's of significance or worth in your life that does not take a great deal amount of effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what makes it so great. Uh, on both sides he goes through an immense amount of effort to Mm -hmm. meet us and so if we're not willing to go through an immense amount of effort to meet him it it does inhibit what that relationship means for Mm -hmm. for for us and what it can do for us and it's hard sometimes admitting like oh you know whenever you're in like a spiritual rut it's just like lord but i'm like i'm doing what i need to be or i'm spending time with you but am i really or am i really like going the extra mile to like spend the time with him no well then, well then, it's on me. It's never going to be on him. Yeah. Sometimes I like to do that. I like to try and blame my problems on other people. You know. I'm sure you're alone in that. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. 
Okay, something that I do want to ask you about, and at first I was going to like make a point on it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Taylor, you don't know enough about this to make a point on it. You need to ask questions. <laughs> um, was whenever you talked about grace comes first and peace comes second. Mm-hmm. So can you dig a little bit deeper into that for me? Oh, that's so true. Because for me, I'm always like, I okay, that, I need your peace now. True. Now, now, now. I don't, I don't yeah. want to worry about grace. I don't want to worry about anything. Like, just please, like mm-hmm. I'm struggling, and yeah. I don't turn to grace yeah, first. So like peace is not sinlessness. Peace is no. like the putting back together the pieces and yeah. making it whole. But exactly. you can't get there. Sorry, I'm yeah. I answered. No. no, no, go. Go. No, I like that. No, it just hit, I didn't I didn't I didn't pick yeah. that up when uh, in the sermon. So mm-hmm. uh, that's oh, that's very interesting. You yeah. really do need the grace first mm-hmm. in order for you to, in order for peace to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had never I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You you have to understand what God is doing in your life before you can marinate in his peace. Yeah, and 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 in order to know what grace has done, that that's why the law is so helpful. Yeah. Okay, so grace is cheap if you don't know what it paid for. Yeah. So it's like yes. if if someone just paid off 400 million dollars worth of student loans mm-hmm. and you didn't know that you had 400 million dollars in student loans, mm-hmm. it what is Oh, oh it, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone explains to you just how hopeless your situation is. Mm-hmm. You are in debt so much that you will never in your entire, if you were to live a thousand lifetimes, you're never going to pay this massive debt off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the law does. It really underscores just how horrible yeah. the situation is. Mm-hmm. Then you understand what it was that Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it's not so cheap anymore. No. Ah, it's good stuff. So those two things together, <laughs> it, yeah, that brings you to peace. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Sorry, all that clicked. Yeah. I don't even be able to explain it. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I love those yeah. moments. And that's and it's literally in uh, in the in the Greek, it's grace to you all and peace. And so it's not grace and peace to you all in its grammatical construction. It says grace to you all and peace. And he's such so a, 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 a careful writer. Yes, mm-hmm. he's a wordsmith. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No, no, nothing was an accident. No. The man's so careful in yeah. all of his letters. I mean, he's brilliant. He, he was very well educated. Yes. So like Paul's like, he's he's like upper echelon, very, very smart, PhD level thinker, right? Yeah. So like when he sits down to write a letter, like he doesn't waste ink. No. He's never just like, <laughs> oh, you're so wonderful and everything's so great. And I just love you guys and I'll see you later. No, that's like a waste of <laughs> time for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like he'll point out the great and he'll, he'll do it in, in detail. But like as you get down into any of his letters, it's always like, ow, yeah. ow, yeah. wait, no, stop. Yeah. We'll see in a couple of weeks. Uh, he calls out how he was mistreated in Philippi in this letter to the Thessalonians. He's like, oh. you remember how we were mistreated over here? Mm-hmm. And then we were mistreated in Thessalonica too. And he like spends a whole chapter like breaking that down and calling people out. And you know that they like read it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, they yeah. read it together as a group. We don't do this anymore. We don't mm-hmm. like sit as a church and read an entire letter. Like, why would we? But no. <laughs> like, well, like, but the way that we read just doesn't make sense. Oh, sorry. We're just going to be a tangent. So like the way that we read the Bible doesn't even make sense. So it's like, if we read it at all, we read small parts and pieces right yeah. maybe before we go to bed mm-hmm. but this doesn't make sense it's it, it was it's, it's a document that was written thousands of years ago by a person mm-hmm. you've never met written to a person you don't know mm-hmm. in, a, in a place that you'll never be in a time that you can't conceive of and so it's 
Yeah, what is that like? It's like like going over to your your neighbor's, you're going next door and grabbing a letter out of your na- neighbor's mail and then <laughs> reading no a sense. few verses mm-hmm. before you go to bed each night. <laughs> and then you're supposed to understand what the context of this letter, mm-hmm. like it doesn't make sense. So they would read the whole thing mm-hmm. in one go, but they would yeah. read it together. Mm-hmm. It'd be read out loud. Out loud. So they were all hearing this. This is, mm-hmm. so this is, this is where it, why it's so good when you like, like in the book of Philemon, when it gets to the Onesimus part and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in the room was like, oh no. Because they all knew. They all knew. They all knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was this, this tense moment. It was all right. He's probably out. sitting right over there. Yes, right there. he probably yeah. delivered the stinking letter. Oh <laughs> man. It was just these tense moments where it's like, yeah. you know, Paul was using the mm-hmm. fact that it was being read out loud to his advantage. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What would that look like if we did that? Oh, in man. church. <laughs> man, what, what would that, that look? look like? Well, there are very few people. Uh, maybe this part won't be put on the podcast. Okay. and <laughs> It probably uh, will. Probably. <laughs> there there are very few examples of this happening, I think, uh-huh. well in our church right now. Oh, but okay. when it does happen, that's when you hear things on social media and everybody's like, mm. oh my word, can you believe? And, and that's when like, uh, 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 what, what, what's, what are they, that's when Spectrum like writes an article and like all the stuff hits the fan, that. Oh. Those are those moments when people are willing to to yeah. step out mm-hmm. and say something uh, scathing about the church, but in a it, it, from a, from a, from a place of love. Like I care enough to say this mm-hmm. thing that needs to be said. To speak out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when uh, what's the dude's name? The the prolific writer in our church, George Knight. Thank you. When George Knight wrote his thing on women's ordination. Yeah. Oh. The whole long thing. Oh, oh yeah. man. I mean, yeah. it was filled mm-hmm. with with scathing remarks, but it was just, it was also filled with love. He cares deeply yeah. about his church mm-hmm. yeah. and went right to the heart of the matter. Yeah. It, it was beautiful. I mean, it's, it was like a modern day Paul. I was like, you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, and again, impetus for this, this series or this season of the podcast, mm-hmm. sometimes there's got to be tough stuff that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And are we willing, willing to rethink reimagine, revisit, talk about how we are operating as a body of believers. Mm -hmm. And arguably it might've been easier with a smaller group of people, but we are not afforded that. There are millions of members in the Adventist church, billions of people in the Christian um, realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so how are we able to dialogue about issues? Really at at the end of the day, how is it all that different? Because we are still just small groups. We're just everyone belongs to a group. Like, yeah. what, what was your Belong the book that church. we started off with when we moved into the the the, the, the twelve people you? Oh, the twelve people you love. Yeah, yeah, the twelve people you like. We we know that it's impossible for a human being to 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 maintain That's over true. a certain number of uh, 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 close relationships. We, oh. We're just all there's only so many hours in the day. There's mm-hmm. only so yeah. much resources and time yeah. that you have to give to people. And so- That makes sense. Yeah. So we all belong to small groups. So like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like it, it's really all, has it really, has it, has it really changed all that much, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I, th- I think in the local level, no. On the grand level, I think what gets us into trouble sometimes is the, the global, globality? The globalness of like our the, church. So like the institution itself and yes. how hard it is to yes. turn. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. I, because I we can, in a local context, you know, and, and elevate, I can stand up or, you know, say, hey, this is the sermon series we're going to do, or we're yeah. going to, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this thing. And like, we go, mm-hmm. but to stand up and be like the entire world church needs to X, Y, Z. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. 
that's scary to do. I guess I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> How big that is. Um, which I guess kind of like you gotta really know your stuff. Well, yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> just, not just saying you gotta. No, yeah, you gotta have like, your ducks in a row if you're gonna yeah. stand up and do that stuff. Yeah, that's um, a, those are qualifications of a different magnitude that I, I fear I will never possess. It's above my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I guess that kind of brings me to another question. Was I know we kind of talked about like what are like what the churches footprint looks like like mm -hmm. the impact we're making what that looks like as we want to be like a community as a church so then it kind of kind of makes me ask okay so what should our footprint as a church look like mm. what what does that look like what yeah. does that i don't know entail well we jonathan and i were talking before you came in mm -hmm. about um potentially going down to like our our police department or city hall the fire department and like coming as representatives of Elevate and say, hey, we mm -hmm. love you guys. We we wanted to hear some cupcakes or donuts or yeah. whatever. And to say, hey, we, we love you. We're thinking of you. You know, anything that we can do to, to help support you, like let us know. Yeah. Um, and used a great illustration of that is that uh, that the oftentimes there's if if you were to look at the relationship between the church and the community as a venn diagram mm -hmm. often there is the religious institution organization community and then there's the community with which it's in and those are two separate circles yeah and i think what what paul is advocating for and will advocate for in the thessalonians is to bring those together. two together mm -hmm. into a venn diagram to where they become one circle where truly it, either is not really itself unless they're overlapping mm -hmm. yes Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why he makes such a point to say, you are the church of Thessalonica and you're in God. Hmm. Like th those are, you, you can't divorce yourself from one of those relationships. Mm -hmm. You are both. And so you have a responsibility both to God and to your community. And to divorce yourself from the community, mm -hmm. in effect, some ways divorces yourself to God because God requires of us a relationship to the community. We're saved in community. We're not saved mm -hmm. by ourselves. We are, we are chosen by God to be lights in the community and to, to reflect his image to others. And that relationship is so, so key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to answer your question. One of the biggest benefits of being in community is being able to see a picture or perspective of God through someone else that you may not have yourself. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of relating to others in community. It helps us grab an essence of God that we may not have seen before. So I challenge you to think about that. How do our relationships with each other influence or benefit our relationship with God? And especially as we find ourselves relating in community. Answer your question on a, on a like a practical level. It's, yeah, it's you're looking at what the needs are of your community, mm -hmm. and you're looking at the resources that you have. And yeah. I think this is this is part of the reason why. Oh man, am I going to go there? <laughs> uh, I think this is part of the reason why there are differences between mm -hmm. people. Okay, so like culturally speaking, we're as a as a uh, as a society, we yes. are discussing the idea of whether or not there are even differences between between people i'm mm -hmm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna leapfrog that and say there are differences and the reason for that is so that we will need each other and come together mm -hmm. and fill those that's mm -hmm. how you mm -hmm. get community yes. is that i have this talent this ability this mm -hmm. resource that god gave me but i don't have all of them and yes. so i'm going to need your help and mm -hmm. we're going to have to work together and that's what it looks like to be a part like elevate is a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. holding hands together with all their different 
abilities and resources and talents to do mm-hmm. something bigger than you could do on your own. Yeah. And so that that that's what yes. So whole another conversation. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> no, I like it. But that yeah, that does kind of like seeing seeing what's needed in the community. And so like what it sounds what it sounds like to me is just like being willing to serve mm-hmm. and being willing to um step in I don't know, just basically yeah, take a take a take an inventory of the things that you have available yeah. to you. And I, I don't even think that we notice the things no. that we have. Yeah. Um, not at all. The one one of our favorite, my favorite, I don't know if he was your favorite, uh, <laughs> professors up at seminary uh <laughs> talked about how he had this one member of his church that mm-hmm. uh she was sure she didn't have anything that she could provide. She could, she could do for the church because she was oh. she was at home. She could she was uh, she was homebound. She wasn't oh, able to ever leave. Okay. And uh, but she had a phone, and this was mm-hmm. back in the days before you know uh, texting and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I remember Internet. the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, and he was he would say that uh, the he anyways. Long story short, he mm-hmm. asked her to be in charge of calling people and reminding mm-hmm. them of what was uh, coming up. And she uh, felt yeah. like she had no th- nothing to give because she was homebound and yeah. because she had all these things. She's like, no. I can't do anything. And he's like, you have the gift of time, mm-hmm. ma'am. You oh, have the yeah. gift of time. Like yeah. mm-hmm. she's she's at home all day long. And so he turned over the church's schedule to her with the phone numbers of all the people who are involved in all these oh, different wow. events and nobody. He's like, attendance went up for all these little events and stuff because people That's were reminded cool. and they knew. And they all felt like they knew her mm-hmm. because she was talking to them on the phone. Yeah. And eventually they got tired of her being stuck at home all the time so they would bring the church to her mm-hmm. how cool see, that's community. yeah that's community. Yeah. there yeah. it is that's yeah. so community. like you see it when you see it you know it it's mm-hmm. really just support yeah. i love that yeah everybody could always use that paul calls out the the thessalonians on this same vein about loving others um and he in chapter four to talk about weeks from now but finally then brethren we request and exhort you in the lord jesus that as you received from us instructions as to how you ought to walk and please god that you excel still more and in verse nine of chapter four he says now as to the love of the brethren you have no need for anyone to write to you for you yourselves are taught by god to love one another for indeed you do practice it toward all brethren who are in all macedonia but we urge you brethren to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business work with your hands just as we commanded you so that you will behave properly towards outsiders and not be in any need so he he he, he exhorts them and says hey you guys know how to love others Mm -hmm. love them even more And live your life minding your own business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like let your ish be ish and their ish be theirs. And and be a center of love so that when you are connecting with outsiders, mm-hmm. those who are not familiar with the church of Thessalonica yet, mm-hmm. you don't act a fool and put your yeah. foot in your mouth and create make the community into something that like, I don't know that I want to be a part of that. It's essentially exactly. what Christianity has give, made its name into today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why would I want to be a Christian? Because they are racist and uh, misogynistic, misogynistic, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. selfish, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's hard. I don't know if there there is the response, but just the, yeah. the point of like it's it's important That's to humbling. love others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 oftentimes we talk about the the things that. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. I think yeah. it boils down to the principle of how am I taking barriers down that make the gospel and Jesus more accessible to the people around me? Mm-hmm. 
And for that one lady that was stuck at home, what made it more accessible to people was simply an invitation. Hmm. And what made community more accessible to her was a pastor seeing her potential, realizing her gift of time to say, here's how you can be a part of the community. So as we navigate life and as we're in church leadership positions or just simply part of the community, we go around matching gifts to needs and needs to Mm -hmm. gifts. Say, oh, this person needs this. Let's match them up with that. Oh, that person's really good at this. There's a need over there. As opposed to trying to hold a standard or enforce a law. Oh, yeah. If, if if, If your interpretation of God's law does not look like loving your neighbor, then it's probably not the law of God. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And here's the thing. We are trying to build a community out of this podcast. And to do that, we need your help. You are a part of the Elevate Retake community. So here's what you can do to help. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating if you think we've earned it. Go ahead and share it with a friend who might need to hear it or connect with us on social media and share this podcast. Make sure to tag us and we'll give you a reshare as well. Coming up in the rest of the summer, we're going to be looking at First and Second Thessalonians, diving deep into Scripture and just slowly marinating in the Word. So as you are a part of this journey, it's my prayer that you, the listener, will come into community with others and into community with God, and that we together might more fully be the image of God in this world. Grace and peace to you all.